How's it going today, guys? Back here live in the studio for an episode of Hot Takes with CP3 today, Thursday, December 2nd, 2021. I'm joined this time on a special edition with Cody Hardage. Cody, say what's up to the people. What's going on, guys? How are y'all doing? Hey, Thomas, Cody. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> hey, Cody, we're glad to have you back, man. Ben is currently on an island right now, so we could not have him. So, I mean, we have little, probably our best college football picker we've ever had back on here once again to break down the biggest games. First, though, before we go into that and give you all our picks, we got to talk about all these new college football coaching hires. Um, you know, Cody, I think we got to start out with the biggest splash out of all of them to go ahead and get things kicked off here. Let's talk about Lincoln Riley going to the going to USC. I mean, Cody, does this seem as much of a no-brainer as it is for him to go there? Well, I mean, it, it depends how you look at it, right? I think he definitely ducked the SEC. Um, Absolutely. But, but I also think it was smart, right? So you, he's going to set himself up to really, from a recruiting standpoint, really own the West Coast. Um, I don't see the Bryce Youngs of the world leaving California anymore. Um, I, I see them staying at USC under Lincoln Riley, um, you know, considering his resume with quarterbacks. Um, I think his, the offensive side of USC in the future is going to be, you know, fantastic. Lincoln Riley's a incredible young-minded head coach. Um, I could see him in the NFL in the future too. Uh, but that contract that USC supposedly offered is something you – or anyone in the world wouldn't turn down. Um, Oklahoma fans should understand that. Uh, and, you know, I think he's going to build a, he's going to dominate the Pac-12, but I'll end it on this. It, it's not going to be any different than he did at OU. He's not going to beat any of the top SEC teams in the playoff. I don't see him beating Ohio State in the playoff, um, if that comes to it, you know, one of those games. Yeah. Um, I'd see him winning the Pac-12 every year, but that's about it. Yeah, I agree with your takes completely on that. Um, I mean, he would be stupid not accepted. Apparently, they bought both his houses and paid him five five hundred thousand dollars over the estimated value of both houses. I mean, just the, the the package they gave him was something you can't turn down. And you know, I really think what happened in the Big Twelve Championship had a lot to do with it. I feel like that he felt like they got hosed by the referees because that was definitely pass interference. And it was reported that he felt like that the conference was against them after they had chose to go to the SEC, and he didn't even want to go to the SEC. He was against that move to begin. With with for Oklahoma so I can't blame him I think he made the right decision like you said you know he's gonna do exactly what he's done at USC at that or exactly what he's done at Oklahoma at USC so it should be a pretty good transition for him over there he already brought over like number two overall recruiter is the number two quarterback I can't remember which one it was but he already has his top recruit coming over there with him I would Spencer Spencer uh, Rattler already entered the transfer portal so you know I think there's gonna be a lot of turnover in Oklahoma Oklahoma's job's still open so I think we should talk about that a little bit Cody who what do you think's gonna happen now at Oklahoma yeah it's a great question I don't know everyone thinks Venables from Clemson um, I think Venables loves Clemson. Um, and I think Dabo loves Clemson too. I, I know there's some reports coming out about possibly both of them leaving. Uh, I don't see that happening. Same. Uh, but I actually don't see Venables leaving Clemson. They, they pay him so much money uh, to do his job. I don't think he's a head coach. That sounds crazy. I think he's just a D coordinator, one of the mm -hmm. probably the best in the country. Um, I don't know. I can't answer that question who I think is going to go to OU. Um, I think they're going to have some sort of uh, interesting hire. I don't think it's going to be a crazy splash, uh, but, you know, it's going to be interesting. They have the money. Their alumni are great. Um, so I'm not going to be surprised. I'm sure it'll be an offensive minded guy that, that scores a lot of points. Yeah, I think Dabo would be stupid to leave the ACC because, I mean, as of right now, it's pretty much he's going to win the ACC every year. Obviously, they had a down year this year, but I mean, they have a much easier road. I feel like going to these schools to get in the SEC. 
I don't know if I would do it if you're already at a place like Clemson where you can get the recruit. You know, if you're getting in that caliber of recruiting and you're going to the playoff as much as Dabo has, I think it'd be a foolish move. But yeah, I think Venables is a lot like kind of how Bud Foster was at Virginia Tech. You know, great defensive coordinator, and he's fine just doing that side of the ball. He doesn't want both sides' responsibility. Oklahoma, though, should be a very appealing job. Apparently, what I've been hearing is they're going to bring in Bob Stoops to help make the transition to the yeah. SEC, and then he'll go kind of into a front office job. I think that's a possibility. That, that's what I was about to say. I think Bob Stoops actually – for some reason, I don't think he's against coming back to coaching. Um, and I think he actually would be the right man for the job, uh, especially for recruiting. I mean, anyone wants Bob Stoops has got the resume for himself. I'd love to play for him if I was that good. Absolutely. Right. So yeah. um, <laughs> I think he'd be a great man. I don't know how old he is. I'm not sure, but he looks young, at least on television. Yeah. <laughs> nah, he still looks like he's kicking good on television. All yeah, I agree with you completely. I think it's going to be. I could see it being more of an out of the box hire kind of because honestly, I don't think Oklahoma's as big of a like must go to as it used to be. I think a lot of these teams are scared of making that transition to the SEC and whatnot. And I mean, I thought Mark Stoops might be a guy who could possibly move on, but I think he's smart to stay at Kentucky, where you know the where they're satisfied with him going seven, five, eight, and four, and he's only making he's probably almost making like seven million dollars a year, and the top guys are making like nine to ten. So realistically you might as well stay where it's like that it's going to be interesting to see what happens i honestly really don't have a clue who they're going to hire but i think stoops makes the most sense where we stand right now um some other big splashes we got to talk about brian kelly exit out out of usc um he's now the head coach down in louisiana for LSU. or yeah notre what am dame. i saying notre dame he's now at now at lsu what do you think about this one so that was my biggest splash of a hire actually um i think brian kelly is an incredible coach uh from an x's and o's standpoint uh Oh, I'm going to say it. I think he's a dirtbag as a person. I don't think he's the nicest of them all. Not someone that I'd want my son to go play with. Uh, but I do think when it comes to winning a football game, uh, he's one of the best at them. Uh, the way he treated Notre Dame, the way he left, and the way Notre Dame treated him uh, was totally rude and not fair uh, to the university. Um, and the way he treated those players and the way he told all these recruits, I don't know if all these stories are true that I read, but um, I'd be super frustrated if I was a Notre Dame uh, you know, admin. But from a higher standpoint and for LSU, I think he's a perfect fit. It's a grimy university for a grimy coach. Um, <laughs> as an Auburn guy, I'm not a big fan of LSU, so I'm not looking forward to facing him uh, the next 10 years at LSU. I think he's going to win a lot of recruiting battles because, you know, his resume speaks for itself. Mm -hmm. He gets offensive linemen and tight ends, quarterbacks to the NFL. Um, and I think he's going to do an even better job at LSU. Uh, and he will win a national championship at LSU in the next five to 10 years. Yeah, I agree with you completely on all that. Look, it's kind of the same thing with uh, with Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma as it is with him here at LSU. Like, I, I feel like at Notre Dame, you know, he could get to the playoffs. He can't really, you know, get past that stage of getting the playoffs. He's going to go in and play the number one team or the number two team and get blown out by 20 points, you know, every single time. It's kind of time for him to make this move if he wants to be known as one of the best – I mean, he is one of the best coaches. It's time that he gets his credit and gets that national championship, like you just said. I think he made the right decision. I mean, Louisiana is one of the best states to pull talent out of as a recruiter and I mean you guys have seen what they've done they put so many players in the NFL they probably have the two best receivers in the next five years in the NFL with Jefferson and Chase so I mean the fact he's gonna be able to get all those guys in there and whatnot I really think too he'll be able to get past you know all the like, LSU really only has had one good offensive team we've seen in probably the last 10 years I think he'll be able to transition over there and kind of crack that code like we saw with Joe Brady mm -hmm. as well also Joe Brady might actually be an interesting guy to go to Oklahoma I wouldn't rule that one out I'm really shocked honestly he hasn't gotten yeah. a head coaching job in either college or NFL yeah Joe Brady I think uh he's a little premature to get hired in the NFL 
Um, I agree. As a head coach, I do think he has an offensive mindset that resonates to college that would be dominant in college football. Um, people would love to play for him, kind of a mini Lincoln Riley, honestly. Yeah. Um, but I don't think he'd leave the NFL. Um, the NFL is too – once you're in the NFL, from one of the people I've talked to, it's hard to go back to college because you don't have to deal with the recruiting. It's just mm-hmm. football. And you don't have to handle the personnel. That's your GM's job, right? So there's a lot of things you just can't – you just deal with X's and O's, and a lot of people want to just deal with that. Um, and apparently that's what Joe Brady wants. I think he's kind of got that Cliff Kings, Kingsbury mindset. He's going to wait for his time. A head coaching job will open up for him um, in the next two years, I would say. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with you on that one. He'll he'll figure it out and get to the NFL. I mean, we've seen it work so many times with these young offensive coaches. It's only a matter of time before someone in the NFL comes knocking for that next, you know, Matt LaFleur, Sean McVay type head coach here. Um, let's talk about Florida. Florida brings in Billy Napier. So Napier has been with it. He's a Nick Saban guy. Apparently, he's really good at recruiting in the state of Florida. So that's the main reason why they went after him here. Look, I think he's a good head coach. I think he's going to do a good job recruiting everything. I just think it's going to end up being the same thing that happens with everybody at Florida. Florida needs to change their perspective here. Teams need to change their perspective on what they need for the season. It's been the same six teams we've seen competing for the college football final for every single year, and it's going to be the same thing still at Florida. He's going to go nine and three. He's going to go ten and two. He's not going to be able to get them to the national championship, and ultimately he will get fired by Florida, just as we have seen happen to Dan Mullen. I mean, it sucks. It's the reality. Look, I think Mullen kind of acted like a jackass and, you know, kind of – bought his way out at Florida. I think he wanted out ultimately, and that's why he got fired. I mean, he just seemed like he didn't really care anymore. But I just feel like the same thing's going to end up happening to Napier. They're going to come off, you know, the season where they go 10-2 and two and lose in the SEC championship, and they're going to have a down year, and they're going to run him out of town. No, I'm with you. I think uh, I 100% agree with you. I said this was probably my least favorite hire. Um, LSU had every opportunity at Napier. Coming from Louisiana, um, you know, he wanted to go there. Apparently that's where he wanted to be mm-hmm. as LSU. And they didn't even give him a call. Um, that makes me think a little bit, right. And state guy. Uh, and they didn't even want to give him a call, but Florida was the first to give him a call. Um, so it was, it's an interesting to me. Um, I yeah. think LSU sees something that I see as well. I think this guy won some games in a conference that's very meaningless. Um, and he is probably, yes, he's got the saving background, but so do a lot of coaches that are very unsuccessful. Yeah. Um, and so, Saban's coached with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. He's trained a lot of people. And um, I think, like you said, if he recruits well, sure, he'll probably have a couple good seasons. But what, what happens when they go 6-6 six and six and Florida fans are booing him out of the stadium? Um, so I think I actually said he'll be gone in five to six years. Yeah, I agree with you completely on that. Um, anything else we talk about with these job openings and whatnot before we get into the big games of the weekend? Auburn offensive coordinator. That was an interesting one. So fired Mike Bobo at the end of the season, right? After one year, mm-hmm. um, this would be, you know, Bowmanix is possibly going to the transfer portal. Um, and that would be Bowmanix's fourth offensive coordinator in four years. Um, from a development perspective, I think that's impossible. And I can understand why he'd want to go to the portal. Um, but it's going to be interesting who Auburn hires. And I think Harson needs to understand it better be a splash because if not, uh, it's going to kill us in recruiting. Yeah, I agree with you completely on that. Also, wait, is there, are you do you think Harson's for sure coming back? I've heard him kind of linked, you know, to like Washington and some of these West Coast yeah, programs. He he's coming back for sure. He he would never leave Auburn for a job in the Pac-12, especially a program now. Lincoln Riley's in the Pac-12. Why would you even try to compete with USC? It's impossible. Yeah, I agree with you completely on that one. I think he's better off grinding out there at Auburn because, I mean, like you said in your tweet yesterday, you know, Auburn had 
their season's very confusing, but I mean, they're still got some young pieces there and whatnot. They can still figure things out. SEC's always, you know, SEC's always going to be tight. It comes down to winning those tight games in the SEC. Let's get into now these big games of the weekend. We got games Friday, got games all day Saturday. It's going to be an awesome slate of college football with a lot still to figure out in the college football final four. Let's start things off though on Friday night is number 10 Oregon takes on number 17 Utah. Um, Utah is a two and a half point favorite in this game over under set at 58. Cody, are you betting anything on this game? I'm not betting anything on it, um, but if I were to, I would take the Oregon Ducks plus three. Um, I think Utah is a really good football team, actually. Uh, not a team I'd want to face. Um, I, I'm not so high on Oregon, uh, as high as everybody else is, but I'm taking them plus three with the points because I think it's going to be a field goal game. I think it's going to be mm-hmm. really, really close. Utah is a completely different team on the road. I believe this game's in Las Vegas, which is super cool for the players. That is sick. Um, but, yeah, I think Oregon comes out. Their their fan base shows up, um, and I think they win the the Pac-12 championship. Um, I'm not taking it, so don't take my word <laughs> too much for this one. I, I'm not a big fan of Pac-12 games. I'm a little unfamiliar with their rosters. Yeah, I can't blame you. Actually, my biggest betting loss ever was in the Pac-12 championship a couple years ago. I had the under, and Oregon's C.J. Verdell but broke three tackles, ran a 70-yard touchdown with 30 seconds left to bust my under. It's absolutely sick. But, um, yeah, I'm actually going to go back to the well here on the Pac-12 championship. I'm going max bet here. Oregon, I'm doing half the half the bet on the plus three, the other half on the money line here. Look, it's a revenge game, man. Oregon played decent in the first half in the Utah game. For so, whatever reason, they punted that ball with 14 seconds left to the best returner in the entire conference. He took it back for a touchdown. They're down 21 nothing at halftime. Utah's a hard place to play. Look, I thought Oregon held their own up until that point pretty decently. Oregon, if anything, if Oregon was going to lay down and give up, it would have happened last week against Oregon State where they beat the brakes off them. Oregon State just made it look close with some garbage time touchdowns at the end. I think Oregon comes out here and gets some revenge on Utah. Utah's had a good season, but look, this Oregon team has been damn good all year. I think they get some momentum going. Anthony Brown seemed to find it last week. I think Oregon wins this game by, you know, I think it'll be a tight game, but I think Oregon will win this game by seven points or so. Oregon's played well in this Pac-12 championship game. You know, they beat Utah a few years ago in it. They won last year with their terrible team once again. So I like Oregon here to win this one. Um, another Friday game, it is the Conference USA championship. I assume you don't um, have anything on this game, Cody, right? No, very unfamiliar with this one. <laughs> so we have the eight and four Western Kentucky Hilltoppers taking on UTSA Roadrunners. UTSA is 11 and one lost last week by North Texas. Look, this is actually my other max bet of the weekend. I'm on, on, on Western Kentucky here, minus two and a half. So Western Kentucky, their quarterback Bailey Zappi and their entire coaching staff came over from Houston Baptist. They threw the ball a ton. This has been kind of, you know, the betters team all year long. This one started with them being plus two and a half. Now they're favored, favored by two and a half. Look, Western Kentucky's offense has been absolutely unstoppable. Their last loss was to UTSA, so this is a revenge game for them. West UTSA got outgained in that game by 100 yards. Um, their team knows more of a run team. Western Kentucky is an extremely high-powered throwing offense. They run the air raid. I think Western Kentucky is going to throw the ball all over them this game. I think Western Kentucky actually blows them out. The total in this game is 72, if that tells you guys anything. I think Western Kentucky wins this game like 45 to 30. I just feel like UTSA has been trending down, and, you know, they barely won that game. It ended with an interception in the end zone to win at home. So I like Western Kentucky here. Those are my top two looks for the weekend, but I got a ton of bets on the next couple games. Let's get into, though, the Saturday slate. It'll start with a 12 o'clock kickoff in the – 
Big 12 championship game. We got number nine Baylor versus number five Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State does have a college football playoff bid on the line here. The spread on this game is at five and a half. Oklahoma State is the favorite, obviously, over under at 46 and a half. You doing anything on this one, Cody? Yes, 100%. I am taking the over uh, 46 and a half. I think that number is extremely low uh, for a Big 12 championship game. Um, I believe, where's this game, Thomas? It's in Arlington, ATT Stadium. They're playing on turf. Uh, this is a joke. They're going to be running up and down the field uh, over 46 and a half, one unit. Let's roll. I did the opposite. I'm on the under here. So uh -oh. hey, at least one of us is going to win. You know, this is a one unit bet for me as well. Look, when I look at this game, I think Oklahoma State is a, mainly a running offense. Spencer Sanders is not that great of a passer. Baylor held them last game to 24 points. They only scored 14. Baylor's quarterback, Bo Hannon, is injured as well. It's not, it's yet to be determined if he's going to play or not. I think either way, both these defenses are going to play a real defensive game. I feel like Dave Haranda and the kind of coach he is, if he gets to look at your offense twice, I feel like he's an even better job shutting them down i think this is going to be a real tight game in the trenches but then again at the same time cody you said it is a low total and turnovers could end up pushing this one over i just think these two offenses are kind of pop gun offenses it's going to be a real low scoring game but you know if there's a lot of interceptions it can push a low total over we see it happen week in and week out with iowa so i'm going under here at least one of us is going to win on that one um i assume you got no we got nothing for the mac championship game i got nothing on that one I do not have anything on that. Okay. And then same thing for the, uh, for San Diego state, um, Utah state, right? Yep. Yeah. Nothing there. Okay. Perfect. We can skip over those. Um, what about app state versus, uh, versus ULL anything there? Nothing there, but I will say, uh, I, I shout out to app state this year. They, uh, were incredible when at home, they went at home and they are very reliable. I just want to give a shout out to app state. <laughs> yeah, I'm not touching anything in that one either. Staying away from that one. Cody is right, though. App State at home. If they're at home, probably have a play. They're not. So we'll pass up on that one. Let's go, though, to the four o'clock window where we got two of the biggest games of the day. We got number one, Georgia, taking on number three, Alabama. This game is being played in me and Cody's backyard in the Georgia or in the uh, Mercedes Benz Dome. Georgia, six and a half point favorite here. Total here is at 49 and a half. Cody, take us away. What are you doing on this one? Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm really excited about this game. Uh, even as an Auburn guy, I'm watching my two biggest rivals play again uh, for one of the largest championship games. But here we are, uh, you know, and I think I think Georgia, this is the best team they've had in 20-plus um, years, uh, especially on the defensive side. Uh, they, they are absolutely incredible um, from all 11 players. So I'm not impressed with Alabama, especially after watching them last week, uh, every minute of them. Their offensive line is, is treacherous. Uh, they're down to one running back in Trey Sanders. And to be honest, I'm not too impressed with Bryce Young. Uh, he is a Heisman candidate, sure. But this is what a recipe of when you don't have time to throw the football, you don't, you don't look that great. And this is what real college football looks like. And, you know, and Alabama quarterbacks typically can sit in the pocket and eat a hot dog uh, before <laughs> they throw football, but not this year. And Bryce Young is getting a real taste of that. Um, you know, his offensive line is just not great. Um, but they do have weapons on the outside, just like always. They got two first round picks at receivers, um, and they're going to run those slants. They're going to get the ball out of Bryce's hand quickly. But I think Kirby Smart knows that, uh, and those players are ready to go. And so I really do think Georgia pulls away in the second half. I have Georgia 31, Alabama 17. Um, I have Georgia minus six. I bought the half point. Um, so I think it's minus 127. Uh, and then I also have the over, the over under uh, is I have the under 49 and a half. Um, 
I have Georgia as a max play. Uh, I really do think Georgia is better on both sides of the football and special teams than Alabama. Um, and I, I do think they pull it out, unfortunately. Uh, and these fans are going to be celebrating. But I just want to tell Georgia fans that it's not over. Just because they beat Alabama, they have two more games they have to win. So calm down. Yeah. Hey, Cody, I'm going to go kind of with your thought process there at the end. I have watched these two teams play too many times in this game and just in general. Alabama is 6-0 and in the Dome against the Dogs. Look, I've just seen this story too many times, man. This is Georgia's kryptonite. Alabama has played to their competition's level every single game they played this season. I personally think all the – I'm hearing all week long from these Georgia fans, what has Alabama done? I mean, they did beat the crap out of Ole Miss, which in my opinion is a very good win. I kind of like to look at look back, you know, at games as the season goes on. I think Alabama beating Ole Miss that badly is honestly not getting enough credit as it is. Georgia's getting 80% of the bets, 83% of the money. I just feel like this is too easy to fade the public here. Don't get me wrong. This is only a one-unit bet for me. Cody has a max play on it. I just feel like Bryce Young and company is going to show up. They've showed up every single game they've played in this year. Will Anderson, I would argue. I hope so. I hope so. I hope everyone knows that. I'm sitting there. I hope I lose that, by the way. (laughs) You know, but I'm just using my mindset and how I think about it. But, yeah. Yeah, you know, I I personally, um, I would just love to see it happen to the Georgia fans. I just feel like it's too good of a spot to try to fade the public here. Alabama's always showed up in this game. Nick Saban owns his assistant coaches. This is another one of those there. Um, I feel like that they're going to do it once again. Also, guys, Ben was not able to make it. Like I said, Ben did send me a little analysis on this game. Ben (laughs) says no play for him. Alabama's offensive line has really struggled this year. Injuries have piled up at the running back. Alabama only has one healthy back going the game. Brian Robinson may give it a go, but he's hurt with the hammy last week. He said those those types of injuries can come to get you. I think Bama could force UGA into into passing spread uh, or just spreading it out and passing it. Um, ultimately, I don't think Alabama has enough to win this game. He leans Alabama money line and spread because he's a homer only. Look, I just feel like the Alabama, this would be the best team Georgia's seen all year. You know, I just, I did, Georgia hasn't really played a close game besides Clemson. You know, they, they struggle to pull away in that one. I want to see what they do in a close game. If Alabama can keep this game close going in the second half, I think they might have a chance to pull this one out, but it's going to be a hell of a game to watch. I mean, this is by far the best game of the day. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait, man. It's going to be a good one. Oh, it's going to be a great one to watch, as it always is. Um, I forgot to give away Ben's analysis earlier on the Big 12 championship game as well. He said Oklahoma State spread for them. He said uh, Baylor's quarterback's questionable. He trusts the Pokes' defense, ranked as one of the best units in the in the nation against the against the run. You saw what Baylor did against OU. Tough to run run against Oklahoma State. So that was Ben's analysis on that one. I'm gonna I'll give his analysis on the other ones as we keep going. Um, next game here. Number 21, Houston, takes on number four, Cincinnati. This game will be played in Cincinnati's home stadium. Cincinnati's a 10.5-point home favorite. Over-under set at 53 in this one. This is still your AAC championship game. You know they're the home team. Cody, you got the max play on this one. Take us away. Yeah, of course. I think I think Cincinnati is actually a really good football team. I think Fickle getting out of the conversations of the Notre Dame job uh, will help, but I do think mm-hmm. it was a distraction. Um, and I think 10 points is too much. I like Houston plus 10. I think they're a really, really good football team. Um, I did not know they were on in Cincinnati's home stadium. That kind of affects that bet a little bit for me. But um, let's take that down from a max to a one-unit play. Uh, but I do think Houston plus 10 is a, a really good wager. Um, if you look at them and the way their roster's built out and the way they play, I think they could spread them out and score a lot of points um, on the Cincinnati team. Yeah, um, I agree with you on this one, honestly. I'm on Houston as well in this game. 
Look, Clayton Toon, their quarterback, is one of the better quarterbacks in this conference. He's great at throwing the ball. They're going to spread him out and try to throw the ball. Cincinnati has a good defense. So does Houston, though. Houston's defense actually ranks higher than theirs does, especially their defensive line. I don't I mean, we really haven't seen Cincinnati play against, like, a team like this where, you know, like, we've seen, obviously, Cincinnati play some close games, but we haven't seen them play against a team like this who actually has a chance to threaten and upset them since the Notre Dame game when Notre Dame was trying to figure things out. I think Houston's going to come out here and hang around. Houston also has, has no conference losses, just like them. Their only loss was to Texas Tech outside of the conference. So I think Houston comes out here. They're going to play, play a good game. I could see the under 53 hitting in this one, but I'm going to take Houston with the points, man. In a game where you think the under is going to hit and they're getting 10 points, always a good side to side with the points here. I think Houston comes out and gives Cincinnati all they want more. Like you said, distractions this week for Fickle, man. I mean – that was that's definitely a big distraction. You know the players are thinking about it too. You know everybody was all week. So I think Cincinnati's gonna struggle in this one. Ultimately, though, they'll pull it out by three points or so. Um, next game up here on the slate, we're gonna go to a little 8 p.m. action. We'll go with the ACC championship game playing Charlotte, North Carolina. Pittsburgh, three-point favorites here. Over under set at 71 and a half in this one. I'll start out with this one. Look. Pittsburgh is a great quarterback with Kenny Pickett and all. I like Pat or Pat Narduzzi. I think he's a great head coach, but I think Clawson and Wake Forest got this thing rolling, man. The only real dynamic offense Pittsburgh has faced all season long was Miami, and they lost to Miami. Miami threw the ball all over them. I don't think Pittsburgh's – I mean, Pittsburgh's defense gives up tons of big plays in the air. I think Wake Forest is going to pick them apart through the air. I think the wrong team's favored in this one. I think Wake Forest wins this one outright. I just can't trust that, that Pittsburgh defense, man. It has been absolutely terrible. I got I got to take him here. Oh, oh, also my other big point I forgot got to point out is apparently Kenny Pickett and other guys have had the flu. We don't know for sure if anybody's going to miss the game for the flu, but I mean we kind of saw it last week at Boston College where there's flu rumors all week long and then Boston College is 10 players not suit up. I could see Pitt losing a couple guys too with the flu. That's a little something to add on that as well. I got I got Wake Forest here plus 3 but they'll win outright. Oh man, I I love that. I think uh I think Pitt is a really good football team as well. Um you know, in the way Kenny Pickett's been playing. He can sling the ball. Um, but they they really kind of went downhill at the end of the season um, in the way that their offensive production looked and the way their defense looked. Uh, I'm with you. I think Sam Hartman um, and Wake Forest gets the job done. I think they throw the ball. That's going to be a high-scoring game. Um, I do have Wake Forest winning outright. Uh, I didn't bet on it, but I do think they do win outright. Yeah, hey, I'm glad we're aligned on that one. Yeah, it's gonna, that's going to be a good game to watch. That might actually be the high, the high, big high-scoring barn burner of the weekend, so that was going to be another good one to watch. Last game on the board here, number 13, Iowa, takes on number two, Michigan. They play this game in Indianapolis. Michigan off possibly the biggest win, win we've seen in our lifetime of the program. Michigan's a 10.5-point home favorite, over-under on this one at 43.5. You do anything with this one, Cody? You know, I'm not. I think Michigan's going to win, though. I think they win by more than two touchdowns. So I think they're the better team. I think they're coming off of a high. I don't think Iowa's great. Um, they're not good on the road. Michigan fans are going to travel like crazy. Um, it's going to be a party, I think, for Michigan. I think they're going to make the playoff and good for them. Um, congratulations to Michigan fans. I'm sure it's been a blast for the last how many days it's been since they won uh, against Ohio State. You know, I think this is the biggest win that they've had probably in our lifetime. I've been thinking about it all day. I really can't think of a bigger win they've had than beating Ohio State in this game. I think there's going to be a little bit of a hangover here. If I learn anything about Harbaugh at Michigan, he never shows up in big games. He finally showed up in one last week. I'm going to say the opposite happens here. I mean, Iowa's offense sucks. Their best offensive player might be their punter, for all I know, or their field goal kicker. I mean, their defense, though, is great. 
I think Michigan could have a couple turnovers. I'm not sold on Cade McNamara as being that guy. I think Michigan squeezes this one out in a tight game, but I think Iowa comes in here and keeps it inside the 10 and a half. I would look towards the under, but at the same time, Iowa could very well start some picks. Look, look at it this way. Iowa's either going to keep it within the number or just absolutely get the brakes blown off them, I think. I mean, I, I don't see it going either of the two ways. I'm going to take the 10 and a half here with Iowa. I know I bet, took a lot of bets on this one, but I actually like a lot of action this week. So I think that should be a fun one to watch. Um, any other games or anything else you want to touch on, Cody, before we call it a day? No, nothing on my end, man. Had a blast. Uh, hey, we're glad to have you on here, Cody. It's going to be a great weekend of games. Um, just real quick from Ben, guys, forgot to give you all his um, his leans real quick for those games. He said no play in the Big Ten championship game. He leans Iowa in the points of uh, – or he leans Iowa in the points, but he can't – it's a Michigan letdown spot. He can't go against it. A- ACC, he said he doesn't care what the number is. Give him the over. It's the two best offenses he's seen all year. Um, Pac-12 game, he said Oregon money line. Very tough um, for someone to, to beat someone twice. Kayvon Thibodeau and the Ducks are going to have a big day. And the AAC said he leans towards Cincinnati, but he has nothing in that one. Fickle will have them ready. So that's all from me, Cody, and Ben for this week, guys. Let's have a great weekend watching games. We hope to talk to you all again soon.